0: again it is episode 109 of our brooklyn bites and i am stephanie i am leon and it's almost christmas time yes just a mere days away
1: it's the final slide into the holiday the holidays yes and it's been busy but still managing to do some of the usual things i'm
0: glad you are (laughs) what are some usual things for you usual things
1: you know like things. waking I, up entertainment things you mean i'm i'm just throwing it out there <laughs> i don't know <laughs> okay well i'm gonna focus on those things <laughs> okay yeah sure i still try to watch what i watch and still play. doing your movie yeah thing every week yeah yeah, yeah i've been i've been shotgunning movies as <laughs> nice you
0: saw you saw the new star wars movie
1: yep of course very good i didn't see it yet so okay. don't no spoilers rogue, rogue one i could i, I went on uh, opening day I took. I, I got an early Friday show in, and uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. really enjoyed it. But that doesn't mean I'm done watching it, because I'll see it again and again.
0: Did you see the last movie more than once? I, uh,
1: yeah, was, I saw it twice. Twice, okay. In the theater, twice, yeah. Oh,
0: okay. Asterisk, okay.
1: Well, <laughs> I assume that's what you meant when you asked, did you see it more than once? Yeah, more
0: than the theater, yeah. But well, you right. saw it
1: also in a home, home video? Yeah, movie? of course.
0: Is that what they call a home video? Like what is it called? <laughs> like that sounds like a term from the
1: eighties. I don't know. Home video. Yeah, <laughs> I guess um, some people call it just digital home digital release. Release or something. Yeah. I, cause, actually, because now a lot of movies come out early on streaming services before they officially come out on disc, mm-hmm. before it's available on. Blu ray or D V D for purchase or for rental from like a red box or whatever. A lot of people do that still. Yeah. A lot of times they release on iTunes or on Amazon streaming early, like two, three weeks before it's in stores. Oh wow. Uh so I guess that's what that means when you see that now on digital release or whatever. huh. <sighs> but yeah, I guess it's still home video in a sense.
0: Right. <laughs> but you're not you're not having to be kind and rewind that is That's no the one that, thing, that no
1: longer applies.
0: thankfully but i'm sure that'll make a comeback at some point
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah but it'll be retro maybe in like 10 years i, I could see that
1: uh I, but as far as this movie goes I, I uh i i did watch it but i feel like once i have it on at home it's more like reference material now it's mm-hmm. like now it's like well i just want to look up key scenes or i just want to hear a certain dialogue again and i'll go and play parts of the movie but i might not necessarily sit through the whole thing. Mm. one shot
0: that's amazing
1: (laughs) star wars is special it it stands apart from other movies
0: was that your favorite like series of films or um i know you like star trek also
1: yeah well but you seem
0: to be more into star wars i
1: I, I, it's it's different they're two different things Mm -hmm. i don't feel they compete even i don't they're not even really i know some people like to make the comparison between the two but it's uh, I I like both for different reasons. But you also like both because they're in outer space. Oh well, that goes without saying. <laughs> yeah. I assume that, doesn't everyone? I assume that's why. It's a future that I wish I could partake in.
0: You can. <laughs> you could be an astronaut.
1: <laughs> it's inspired a lot of people, I think, mm-hmm. or at least Star Trek has. Star Trek just because it's older and more people were, you know, because it was around in the sixties. So I guess right. it had more time for people to be. It you know, predated Star Wars by by 10 years. So, hmm. But yeah, it's uh, been an influence. No matter what, people get inspired by different things. But yeah, even apart from all that, I did play a game, surprisingly enough. Hmm. And this time I played an indie title that I had in my back catalog. And it's a game called Shank. This was released in 2010 by Clay Entertainment. Spelled K L. E-I. So, Clay Entertainment. Is that a reason? Is that like someone's name? I haven't been able to find a reference to anything. I don't know why they chose that name, but maybe it was just a unique word that they could latch on to. Basically, a 2D side-scrolling kind of cinematic brawler. You could kind of think of it that way. Tells the story of the main character who's named Shank. Uh, He's a former hitman who is on a mission to take out vengeance for the murder of his girlfriend. He's kind of a rough and tumble kind of guy. It's I think done very artfully though. It has a style. Yeah. You think so?
0: <laughs> it has well, a- one of the things I noticed when when I was playing in it is I thought of the Cartoon Network. Like it looked like something maybe was based on or yeah, well, it
1: mixes kind of like that Grindhouse-style violence uh-huh. with maybe like a comic book animated look, you know, a little Adult Swim, mm. maybe reminds me a little bit of yeah. maybe Venture Brothers style right, of right. art, yeah. maybe a little Samurai Jack also. Mm. Okay. A little bit of that. I see that. But the game also draws inspiration from movies like Desperado and uh, games like Double Dragon, I guess, is like a little bit of an influence. Yeah, that's what I was
0: thinking of, too.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of blends all these things together in kind of an interesting way. And the movements, I guess, remind you a little bit of like maybe flash animation. It's not quite a pixel style. It's it's much more smoothed out cartoon style. And even though you tend to think of flash animation as just kind of like a cheap thing for web-based games or something... Uh, The team that worked on this, I thought, did a pretty good job, very fluid. Attacks chained together very well. They had experience in Cartoon Network production, I think. I think that's why you kind of got that vibe, Mm. (laughs) because they came from exactly that background. Uh, So, yeah, in the game itself, you have three styles of attack. You've got a melee attack, which is just your basic double-knife attack which I guess is where the character gets his name from, is his the shank type of weapon. You also I did not know that that was the name of a weapon. Yeah, it's kind of like a makeshift blade. Okay. You've also got a heavy attack, and you've got guns as well. The guns can be swapped out for different guns that you pick up while you play the game. So you start off with dual pistols, but you also pick up a shotgun and an Uzi as you go along, and... Um, that's also true for the heavy attack. You end up earning new types of weapons. Uh, initially, um, you've got a chainsaw, but you can also pick up machetes, chained fists, so chains that you have wrapped around your fist to do certain types of attacks, and even a katana at some point. Now, the machetes are good for groups of enemies. A lot of smaller minion types can be taken out pretty easily. The chainsaw is better for the big guys, the bigger types of enemies, bigger bruiser types.
0: And these weapons you can just change Mm
1: -hmm. mid-battle at any point. Sure. Use the uh, D-pad to select your different weapons while you control your character with with the uh, analog stick. So yeah, you could very easily switch between them at any time. And ammunition for the guns is unlimited, too. You don't have to worry about that. So the game gives you the option of normal or hard, and... On hard, you've got tougher enemies, and you've also got no checkpoints during the levels. Mm, wow. So if you go down, you have to restart the whole level. That's tough. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> so uh, that's what you, is that what you played? I played on normal, okay, just to sort of experience the game and, uh-huh. and see the story sure. and, and so on. So initially, you're kind of sailing over rooftops. You can crouch to grab up uh, health bottles to, get, to refill your life bar. Grappling is part of the moveset too You can grab onto enemies and throw them Or grab onto them and like, Knife them while you're holding them Various combinations Combos are highly encouraged in this game In fact, the enemies will get smart And block certain attacks If you do them repeatedly So if you choose to try to Just shoot against all your enemies You'll end up seeing them Blocking the attack or dodging it or some. Mm-hmm. It'll be ineffective And you'll have to change up your attack style So, sometimes the action will also go into silhouette. Parts of the fight might be completely in shadow, and then you might see, like, bursts of glowing color just to highlight certain things. Other things you can do is pick up grenades. So, one of the shoulder buttons allows you to throw a grenade. Helps to just kind of level the playing field sometimes. Sometimes you feel a little overwhelmed, and you need to, like...
0: So, that is a limited consumable item. Oh, right,
1: right. So, you can carry a maximum of five grenades... Mm and when you pick up a sack of grenades, it gives you three. So the ideal time to restock on grenades would be when you have two. So definitely use your grenades if you have them. So eventually in the first level, as you go through things, uh, you get to a steel cage arena with the first boss, who is this big guy called the Butcher. And all of this stuff is revealed through cutscenes during the game. There's a lot of story and a lot of explanation about who this guy is and what's going on. And I'm not going to delve too much into the story of the game, to be honest. A lot of it was delivered pretty quickly, and I couldn't really keep up with a lot of the characters and a lot of the facts that were being presented. Mm -hmm. So most of the game is really just action anyway, so um, pretty much the reason I was playing it. So this big guy, he's, he's huge, he's twice my size... But it's a pretty straightforward fight. It's the beginning of the game, so there's nothing too complicated. Basically, he tries to lunge at the Shank character, and you just got to basically dodge or avoid getting grappled by him, and then he'll run into a wall and get stunned. And that's your chance to um, to kind of take him down. Mm-hmm.
0: Is this the guy in the wrestling tights?
1: Yeah, okay. yeah he's got a mask on. Okay, like a lucha? lucha <laughs> exactly. Thor kind of thing. Okay, Sure.
0: And he's very tall. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that I noticed. The boss characters are huge.
1: Yeah, they do stand out. You, mm-hmm. know, you're, you know you're facing a boss. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, once you deal with him, you move on to kind of a train yard type of area. A new type of enemy is introduced here. Uh, dogs start to attack. And I gotta say, these dogs are really irritating. Because uh, what they do is they'll jump on you, and they basically pin you down, and you have to try to repeatedly fight your way out of it. So... I usually try to take them out first if I see them in a group of enemies i don 't know they 're not they 're not pleasant. <laughs> um, Does it feel good to punch those dogs uh, usually they 're like dobermans or something uh-huh. they 're guard dogs they 're evil dogs. <laughs> <They're> evil dogs. <laughs> My conscience is kind of relieved by that notion but Aside from the usual platforming, you can also um, do things like climb walls in the game by stabbing into the wall with the knives, and you can also swing across open areas with these skull markers. Usually, you see like kind of like um, I guess they're like uh, like steer skulls, like uh, like cattle or something. Those type of skulls are just mounted on poles, and those are the those are your indicator that you can swing across those things. You can also uh, run into certain enemies where they're carrying these big chain guns. And those guys you definitely want to take out before they start firing. You hear the chain guns starting to rev up. If you're lucky, you can grab one of the guns and fire them yourself, and that'll pretty much clear the screen of any remaining enemies.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think it's interesting. One of the things I notice is you, you fight a lot of the same enemies, but like other type of side-scrolling brawlers, they all have a health meter. And they will have their own name. Oh, right. Sure. A lot of these guys. Mm -hmm. I mean, you do get repeat enemies, but... Now, the guns that you pick up, like when you beat the guy with the chain gun... You can carry it. It's unlimited ammo, mm-hmm. but you can you have to drop it when you get to a point where you have to jump over an obstacle, right?
1: Right. So you, you can't, can't jump because you move slower with the gun. You you move very slowly because it's a heavy gun. Okay. And yeah, you can't you can't lift it over obstacles. So okay. if you have to jump over something to get to the next part of the level,
0: that's how they prevent you from taking it with you.
1: Right. You can't just permanently hold on to it. Okay. So it doesn't get added to your arsenal of other weapons. Cuz it
0: is a powerful weapon as mm-hmm.
1: opposed to the other
0: guns you have. Where you would think, like, guns would be, like, why not just use the gun the whole game? But they don't really do as much damage, or uh, no more so than, like, your katana or your chainsaw or your mm-hmm. regular default blade. Well, there's
1: definitely more of an emphasis on melee yeah. in, in the game. So you have dual pistols. One of the cool things with the dual pistols are you can kind of split your, your firing direction. So you could fire in both directions when you have those. Yeah. Or you can double down on, on the same enemy. Uh, the Uzi is just rapid fire, but it's usually in bursts. And then the shotgun has uh, kind of a shorter range, obviously, and it also has a knockback effect. So if you've got an enemy on a platform above you, you can knock them down with a shotgun pretty Mm -hmm. easily. And that's uh, kind of the the differences between those weapons. So they do serve some purpose, but right, you don't really rely on them as any kind of primary attack. Um, I should also mention that there is there are two parts of the game in the sense that there's a solo player campaign and there's also a co-op campaign Mm -hmm. for two-player action simultaneous and so i played the single player part of it and then we also did a playthrough of the the co-op side of the game and the co-op campaign kind of acts as a prequel to the solo campaign Mm. so the events in the co-op Happened before the main See, part. You of You should game.
0: almost play the co-op first if you want to. If,
1: if you want to experience it in a linear way, uh-huh. yeah, that's true. Okay. Um, although I did unlock a bunch of stuff on the solo part of it, and I think that was available. Now I don't know if that stuff was available for co-op from mm-hmm. the start, like all the different weapons. Yeah, because I earned those as I played through the solo part of the campaign. Okay. So I don't know if there's the same opportunity to earn right, those as yeah. you play mm-hmm. the co-op side, but either way. Uh, there's kind of a different feeling to the game, though, between the two parts. We'll get more into that later. Okay. There's also uh, propane canisters scattered throughout the different levels. A lot of times, you can use those kind of strategically to, you know, like as long as you don't shoot them, wait until there's a few enemies near them, and then blow them up. You
0: can't pick them up and throw them, right? Like a grenade.
1: I don't believe so. Okay. No, they're just kind of there. Usually, items that you can interact with, is like a big red arrow over it, and that'll give you the indication. You can walk up to it and and pick it up or use it in some other way. So eventually, I end up on top of this freight train as I walk through this train yard. Eventually, I get on board a train, and um, I remember one sequence where I had the most perfect fight on the train. I, I nailed every enemy perfectly. It was a terrific combo of attacks, and then I had to go ruin it by falling in between the train cars and getting, like, run over by the train. And then I had to repeat the whole thing.
0: <laughs> oh, you start It doesn't just put you back where you died, or...?
1: Uh, well, it'll pick you back to the last checkpoint. Okay. And that could be before the last fight that you just had. That's tough, yeah. hmm But eventually, I get to the front of the train, and there's, a, there's another boss fight. But this time, the boss fight is in the form of a, an armored jeep, an APV, that's riding in front of the train... And there's two guys on the Jeep, and one of them is firing grenades and launching missiles on me. And that's the fight. You pretty much have to wear down this vehicle while not getting hit, and then also fighting guys on, on the train itself. And I think that's interesting. They, they kind of mix it up in a way where you know you're not always just fighting the big guy. You've got some other stuff to deal with as you're going along. And even when you do fight one-on-one with one of these boss characters, there's usually some... Some trick to it there 's usually some hook to the method of, of the way you have to take them down, so it 's not always just a battle of the life bars, like who can kill the other guy first, yeah, you, know, so I think that's so there's a little bit of a pattern
0: mm-hmm. to learn when you fight these bosses,
1: yeah, yeah, usually there's some new mechanic that you have to uh-huh. figure out and, and see what his weakness is going to be and you
0: can 't throw the bosses right because you, you know you know how you grapple the enemies mm-hmm. with the bosses, and it won't let you
1: right, usually grappling the boss will entail some type of attack that either he's weak to or you know you, you might climb on top of the boss to uh-huh. perform a certain action and that, that that's usually where the grapple comes into play okay uh, so further in uh, we arrive at some kind of meatpacking plant and there's heavier amounts of of swinging and wall climbing and, and and pole climbing in this part of the game it gets a little more platform heavy. In this stage, there's a fight with another Butcher character, another guy who's wearing a mask. And apparently this is the real Butcher. The previous guy was not the real guy that you thought he was, but merely someone who was sent in just to kind of slow you down.
0: Now is it is this the same character in a different color or is this a whole new...
1: It looks very similar. Okay, I haven't compared them, but they're, they're kind of the same way. Mm-hmm. Like similar type of fight. But in this scenario, though, there is a a situation where there's hanging meat in the the level, and you want to try to shoot the meat down with your guns to try to kind of block the attack of the boss. He has a hook on a chain that he tries to grab you with, and he'll swing that, that hook out, but if the meat isn't in the way, he'll end up hooking the meat instead, and he gets a little frustrated about it, and that gives you the chance to get in there and try to choke him out, at least temporarily. Mm-hmm. You, get a, you get a few attacks in. You have to repeat this cycle probably five or six times to really take him down. Uh, I had a hard time at first getting that technique down, but eventually I figured out the way to run up the wall and jump over him when he charges at me and, and kind of like get out of his way. Uh, further on, I get into uh, kind of a club. It's like There's a, there's a nightclub. Uh, type of a scenario. There's a new character, Cassandra, who's introduced. She's uh, got a sword, so different fighting style. There's also uh, some ninja girls in this scenario, similar to another game we played recently. You mentioned the names of some of these characters, and in this case, I had to fight Angel, Roxy, and Starlight. <laughs> and maybe they're dancers at this club. Mm-hmm. Sounds like it's Appropriate to that But there's also some Kind of mean girls With machine guns too And they have Their own attack style You know More story exposition here And uh, end up Getting escorted By somebody You apparently know uh, Of course This is a trap So things Don't go well For anyone Pretty much This is a, a Pretty adult club Obviously Besides all the Blood and violence Definitely this is An R-rated Type of a game A lot of strong language, and um, I'd say the first encounter at this club was with a large overweight man in a leather mask. In this case, the way to fight him is you have to distract him by someone who drops in from a chamber overhead. And what he'll do is, as he lunges, he'll grab onto this other guy instead. And this is a really tricky fight, because you've got uh, a big boss type of character, and then you've got a smaller character who's kind of kind of working against you in some way, but the goal is to keep that character in between you and the boss. And this way, that character gets the heat of whatever the boss's attack was going to be. Okay, And then that's your chance to hit him while he's, you know, kind of occupied. That's with- the trick. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so again, they, they kind of mix up the boss mechanics. They don't just keep it the same. Mm-hmm. Another series of roof hopping goes on. Somebody off screen is throwing a string of grenades while I'm fighting these guys and it ends up knocking me into a pit a few times. Apparently I'm after someone named Angelo, at first in a church, and then it progresses into more of like a, a villa type of a compound. As before, another segment with someone off the screen, this time with a rocket launcher. There's a lot of scenarios in this game where there's apparently somebody off screen throwing in weapons. And uh, the rocket launcher part is really tricky because... There's a ceiling overhead, and as the rockets rain down, they'll crash into the ceiling, and then big sections of the ceiling will crash down. And that'll affect enemies as well. So if you can sort of time it so that the enemy gets hit instead of you, it's hard to really pull that off. It kind of just happens by chance, though. Trying to fight three big guards, and they've got riot shields, too. Some of these guards, they have, so you can't really just shoot them. They have like big iron shields that they put up. Um, while the rockets are coming down, it's not easy. <laughs> but the rockets don't really discriminate. They'll blow up the enemies too. So if the, enemy, if the rocket ends up hitting one of your enemies point blank, they'll just explode.
0: Mm-hmm. And you can pick up health in some points, right? You right. Be, it's like some enemies will drop like a, a bottle, right? Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm assuming it's like a beer bottle or something. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he'll take a swig of health and then he'll throw the bottle back down and it'll yeah. shatter. It's kind of cool. Uh, So eventually I do find the guy who strung these rockets Uh, It's a showdown with Angelo, this guy who, who had the rocket launcher But this time he's got dual pistols during the fight And this is in a bell tower The gimmick of this fight is to knock him into fires that are burning at both ends of the stage There's some light damage that can be done the usual way But the main thing is when he gets burned, he staggers a little bit And that leaves him open for a few hits the interesting thing is when we're close to each other, the fight goes into like this slow motion kind of movement. So it kind of lets you decide to hit him a few different ways. It usually it doesn't really do much damage though. Hmm. So really the kicking him into the fire is really the best way to, to deal with him.
0: And is that just by just pounding, like mashing the button until it, it pushes him back? Cause you can't grapple and throw him, right?
1: Right. So what it'll do is he'll lunge towards you a lot. So you okay. have to kind of back up towards the fire let him try to lunge in, but then dodge him so that you don't get knocked into the fire. But then that brings him closer to it. So this way you can kind of nudge him and Mm -hmm. and kick him back a few times. So basically, you know, he'll, he'll block your attacks and then, but he'll still move back a little bit from getting hit. You know, once that fight is done with, it moves on into sort of an underground cave. It seems like it could be volcanic because there's a lot of flames for some reason, but nothing really obvious about it leads to that. Um, the katana weapon by now i have that and that a lot provides a lot of cool combos is a is a very cool like disemboweling finishing move that you can do with that uh the flames are kind of subsided in the next part of the caves but I, now i have to worry about falling rocks and swarming bats that kind of hit you while you're jumping between platforms so as you're jumping across like could like smack into you and kind of mess up your jump and you end up falling into a pit a little bit of a minor challenge, but nothing too terrible. But once you come out of the caves, you're sort of in a jungle zone, and now invading this compound full of guards. At the end is this giant guy named Toro who declares, this ends here, and he does a lot of wrestling-type moves that remind me of uh, Zangief from Street Fighter. Okay. So he'll jump up into the air, he'll grab me, and he'll do like a spinning pile driver type of move, things like that. The idea is to get him to charge and flip around, which will cause him to stagger, and that's the time to grapple him and, and jab him a lot. All these type of moves remind me a lot of maybe the quick time events that you get in like games like God of War, except here you don't have the extra button presses to perform different moves, you just have your normal moves. Incidentally, the story of this game was written by someone named Marianne Krawczyk. She's the writer and co-creator of God of War, so... Maybe she had some influence in that design, but... I didn't know she was in
0: charge of God of War.
1: She was um, provided the backstory, Uh you know, the creative part of the story. But nothing too special about the final fight here. There's guns and heavy attacks that are used, but not so effective. So it's pretty much just a knife fight, mostly just a way to kind of reveal the end of the story. Which again wasn't too clear and easy to follow for me, Hmm. but overall the game took me. um, I think my final time was four hours and 44 minutes. But realistically, you can probably knock it out in three and change. Can you stop
0: and go back to it?
1: Yeah, the game sort of saves silently in the background. You'll see like a little save icon flashing, but Mm -hmm. there aren't really hard chapters. Okay. Um, but obviously, if you quit the game and you restart it, you do see like a series of, of chapter points that mm-hmm. you can you can load from. It does feel a bit short overall, but it's certainly longer than an arcade game or a 16-bit beat-em-up style game that this is similar to. So, yeah. so there's a little bit more to that. So that was the solo part of it, but we, like I said, we also played the co-op multiplayer. There's a long stretch where a lot of the fighting... Is just random guys in different stages and scenarios. So it kinda of took a while for us to get to the first boss.
0: The first stage was probably the longest, yeah.
1: But the first boss encounter was with a pair of big guys. Kinda of rough, I thought. <laughs> that was It was a little unfair. <laughs> um as many of the bosses I felt were. So my overall impression was that the co op part of the game is a little harder. Mm-hmm. than the solo part and was I it get- harder
0: or was it just you had a bad teammate
1: who <laughs> was not very good at the game well uh i think they definitely amped up the challenge a bit mm-hmm. they made certain changes to it i think the the enemies are more aggressive i think they're a little more numerous i think there was just more enemies on screen because we don't necessarily have to fight in the same spot. Sometimes we get a little spread out, and the action zooms out it a zooms bit. Zooms out, yeah. And I think that makes it a, a little harder. Hard to see. A little harder to keep track of what's going on, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, one of the things I noticed was I watched you play a little bit of the single player mode, and you seemed to breeze through a lot of it pretty easily. And then when we played co-op, I was discovering that wow, this game seems a lot harder than I thought it initially mm-hmm. looked. Uh, one of the problems I had was. This game is very much like a double dragon or a golden axe or something like a you know, side-scroll and beat them up, but everything's on one plane. It's not like a, a three-quarter view where you can move up and down. Right. And to me, that especially when you have two players on the screen and you have you know six or so enemies running towards you on the screen at one time, it's very hard to keep track of where your player is, who the enemy you're fighting, and where the weapons are you know all these things happening all at once all on the single like plane that you're walking on to me it was very hard to keep track Mm
1: -hmm. yeah it didn't give you a lot of breathing room i almost had to stay away from you just to sort of give you (laughs) space to see what you what was going on next to you like i mean for both of us really just to sort of be able to isolate the action a little bit and um i i also tried to cover like the other side of the screen, so this way we're not both fighting on the same front. Mm-hmm. You know, make make sure we're not like both. Well, there wasn't. Good thing was there was no friendly fire. So,
2: mm-hmm.
0: like, because sometimes the enemy would throw you into like the side of the screen, and then yeah. we'd be on top of each other. But the only thing that I think they added in the co-op is there's like a double team move. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we really used it. Right. All, right.
1: Yeah. So like the game does throw out hints occasionally, and it'll tell you when you're grappling with a with an enemy or with a boss. You can your teammate can also grapple them to do like a special combo. But there really wasn't a whole lot of opportunity to do stuff like that. Yeah. There's another move where you can vault your teammate up a higher level, but there's nothing up there. There's like there was no reason to, to want to no. do that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so right. I, I don't know. I didn't. I'm not sure where it would have really have helped. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, after that, we move on to another boss encounter, this time another guy named the Masked Butcher. This guy is the one that tosses explosive barrels and occasionally he'll throw him across the screen and you can shoot him down before they end up hitting you and then eventually you can shoot while it's in his hands. Yeah, and that stuns him. That knocks him down and that's the chance to kind of grapple with him and take him down. This one I thought wasn't so bad. You know, we could effectively do double damage on him because both of us can take a turn hitting him while he's stunned.
0: Yeah, well the difficult thing about a lot of the bosses in the co op mode where not only you fighting the boss, but they're still respawning enemies at the same time, mm-hmm. like henchmen guys.
1: Right, that happens later on more so. I think with these initial guys, we, weren't, we didn't have The first two bosses, maybe that. not.
0: But yeah, after that. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, but that's definitely a, a concern. And that's, I guess, you know, I guess if you're a big boss, you've got an army of, of helper minions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the next one, the big boss that was kind of hard to take, I think, was the SWAT boss. And this was the guy with the taser attack. This one was probably the worst one. This was tough. This yeah. is the one that we had the most trouble with, I think. Uh, he'd grab one of us, and we'd have to counter his move to sort of taser him instead. Basically, mm-hmm. you grabbed his taser, and you, you, you tasered him instead. But what ended up happening was um, it would blow the player back. Whoever was doing that counter would get knocked back also. So the other player would have to be ready to hit him while he's stunned. Yeah. And this took a couple of retries until we got that pattern down.
0: Because you have to, right, because you only have a short amount of time mm-hmm. from when your character gets stunned and gets thrown back. And then he's stunned, too, for that quick second. Right. Your other, The other player has to be there ready to just grab him as soon as that happens, mm-hmm. which is not easy. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> right. you're all, and at the same time, you're fighting all these SWAT team members that are falling in from the ceiling on ropes. Yeah. And they're throwing grenades and, and shooting and, you know, all these other things.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, so, you know, obviously in between all these bosses, we're fighting a lot of other enemies. I feel like the co-op mode is just a lot of endless fighting until you get to the next boss. So I guess that's why I'm kind of highlighting the differences in the different bosses, because really everything else is kind of just a lot of endless fighting going on and swinging from one scene to the next. But after this guy, we got the final boss, this guy called the Bodyguard. Kind of had like a grabbing move, which the other player can help free him from if he grabs one of the players you'll see like a kind of a help sign go up mm-hmm. and you can kind of shoot him or attack him or whatever whatever's convenient
0: yeah well one thing we didn't know we didn't say was in co-op mode if one player dies you can revive them
1: right right and that's that's uh important because if both of you get killed then you do have to yeah. restart to the last spawn point so but it's, yeah it's
0: very crucial during the bosses because Almost every boss we fought, we all died at Mm -hmm. least one time. I mean, and sometimes 20 times. (laughs) Right. So there's always that... You know, there is a heavy focus on co-op. Like, you have to really be a team member.
1: (laughs) Right, and when when you get revived, you don't get revived to full health. You have maybe, like, 30% health. Yeah. Or 40%, somewhere around there. Uh, So you almost start to strategically plan like well whoever's got the lowest health is going to really confront the boss Mm -hmm. this way if he goes down the other guy has got more health and has time to revive the the next guy and kind of refill the health so if you can kind of switch off who gets killed and who gets revived you can sort of keep the fight going you don't want to end up in a scenario where both of you are really low and are about to die because then you end up having to start over uh so there was some strategy to that So, like, this last guy, he's got a few different moves. He's got kind of this jumping shockwave. He'll jump up into the air, and you'll see, like, this shockwave blast on the ground, which you have to avoid, too. You would think this guy would be tough, but I thought he was, like, one of the easiest ones. Yeah, I think so. He went down on the first try. I don't know if
0: we just got so used to the game being so difficult that Mm -hmm. we just got really good at the game at that point. But I, I, I do think that his patterns were very predictable, and it was sort of easy to hit him in those weak spots like
1: yeah once we found well he seemed to get staggered a lot more easily yeah and that was um the opportunity to hit him repeatedly Mm -hmm. so yeah it was pretty good i think it wasn't quite as long as the solo campaign i think it was what like maybe three and a half hours yeah i think so so decent amount of play value i would say uh so Versions of this game, These, were, like I said, this was released back in August of 2010. It came out on PS3 and Xbox 360, followed by a Windows version in October of that year. Which is the one we played, right? Right, we ended up playing the, uh, the, the version I, that I had on Steam. Uh, subsequent releases for the game also came out on Mac in 2012 and in, on Linux for, in 2013. There's also a sequel, Shank 2. Which was released for the same platforms I did not know this Between 2012 and 2013 So there is a follow-up But I haven't played that yet Uh, The developer themselves Clay Entertainment Are based in Vancouver, Canada They were established in July of 2005 By uh, two guys uh, Jamie Chang Who previously was at Relic Entertainment And another fellow named uh, Jeffrey Agala, who directed some uh, TV cartoon series. Uh, There was one, I think, called Atomic Betty. I'm not familiar with it.
0: I've heard of that. I'm not familiar with it either, though. Yeah,
1: Yeah. but that is one of the series that he worked on. They're also known for their other game, uh, Mark of the Ninja but they've worked on other things, I definitely,
0: too. I think I actually told you when we were playing, I'm like, this feels like that ninja game, right?
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. It has that style to it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think the game overall was a little uneven. It was either too easy or too hard in mm-hmm. in parts. But um, I, then again, I play, the solo campaign I thought was a little more... A little more even, but I played it on normal, so maybe on hard, it might be that same level of frustration that I got when we were playing the co-op version. Yeah. So I'll have to see. I'll have to see how that compares. Mm-hmm. But since there was a sequel, do you think you'd play the sequel after you've seen this game?
0: I, I I wouldn't unless you wanted to play co-op again. <laughs> I wasn't a big fan of this game. Uh-huh. I, I felt like that the whole not being able to move up and down, like a, you know, like a traditional beat them up right that really bothered me the art is is good i think the art was was really nice but it's not the style that i like i don't really care for that over exaggerated like big muscles and stuff Mm -hmm. so i wasn't into that and um i just felt frustrated that you know things were happening so fast and i couldn't tell what was going on i felt like there was a lot of cheap hits from the the enemies
1: and um i don't know i I didn't feel fun to me Mm -hmm. when i was playing it yeah, I, I think, um, I mean, overall, I'd say the positives of the game, I think it was just very easy to play, I thought it was very fluid, very satisfying to do a lot of these combo moves, a lot of times you can just kind of pull them off without really trying, mm-hmm. and there's no real there's no real penalty for dying anyway, so it's not like, I mean, alright, you might have to repeat a few things, but it's unlimited lives, so there's never any feeling that you've lost progress or, you know, you might not make it to the end of the game or something like that. Yeah. Um, so at least at least there's that.
0: I also didn't care for that every button on the controller had a, a, a movement to it, like had it a,
1: a function, you <laughs> uh-huh. know?
0: Right. It's like, this is just a side-scrolling beat-em-up. We don't need to have 15 different button features, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I think... Th- th- and you couldn't use the D-pad. You had to use the analog stick. Right. Because the D-pad selects your weapon slots.
1: Well, it might be, it might be remappable. You might okay. be able to reverse Maybe, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to move the controls to the D-pad and then use the weapon select on some other buttons, you could certainly set it up that way.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, but I think, yeah, to your point about the button combinations being too complicated, it became a problem when we were trying to revive each other a lot, right? Because yeah. there are times where to revive your teammate, you have to do the same kind of maneuvers when you pick up an object. Mm-hmm. You pretty much have to crouch and then use the grab Uh, or grapple button the
0: the one thing that should have its own (laughs) button doesn't there's like use it takes advantage of all eight buttons Mm -hmm. and the one thing that you actually need a button for it doesn't have yeah you have to to share the same button of like picking up an item
1: which means if your teammate dies on Uh, like a health power up or a weapon you might end up picking those things up instead of reviving them and Uh you might lose the opportunity to revive them because of that one misstep. Yeah. And then you end up getting killed too, and then the whole thing has to start. Uh-huh.
0: That happens many, many times. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Okay. So there's that game. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting, but maybe you got something else to talk about uh, Princesses. <laughs> really? And Italian Plumbers. Oh, I'm familiar with that. I've
0: heard of those yeah. things. Let's, people are talking about it. New game this week on iOS. Super Mario Run,
1: mhm, a pretty big deal because this is pretty much a first party Nintendo game that's being published on a non-Nintendo platform. What
0: was the last third party Nintendo released game? Was it on Super Ni- No, probably uh see C- this what's it called? The Philips CDi, oh, the right? CDI. Yeah, well, the CDi? Well, and that one. wasn't
1: even done by Nintendo. That was kind of licensed out. Yeah. So, uh It's true, yeah. I'd have to think.
0: I know hmm. there was that Mario's Missing on PC. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Or, or Mario's typing something. <laughs> right. There's some kind of like weird PC stuff with Mario in it yeah. in the 90s. Um, besides that, I don't think there's that many. So this is sort of a first mm-hmm. in a long time. Uh, this is something Miyamoto worked on. Mm-hmm. So this does have his blessing. It could be his last Mario game. We don't know. Mm-hmm. But you got a chance to play it. Also, it is a free to play game or free to try, I should say.
1: That's right. You can download it and play a few levels mm-hmm. just to get a feel for it.
0: There's three, there's three
1: levels to play. Mm-hmm.
0: So the game is it has two modes in it. And the first mode is called Tor. So first, when you start the game, you'll see like an overview of the like Kingdom, which sort of looks like when you play like Mario 3, that sort of uh, map. Of the, of the world yeah so but that doesn't have to do with the game really there's there's two pipes on the bottom of the screen and one of them says tour the other one says uh, rally so the tour is the actual Mario game where you play you know this Mario Run game and that's separated by six worlds and the worlds are broken up into four stages like a typical Mario game 1-1 1-2 mm. the free to try game you have one up to 1-3 yeah, and then you can try one dish for they let you play about twenty seconds worth of it, mm-hmm. and then they say time to pay up ten dollars. <laughs> <laughs> right, cheapskate,
1: <laughs> and buy this game. Right, real, uh, but you have to use real world coin, not Mario coins. You
0: cannot use Mario coins. <laughs> <laughs> So, what about this game, right? Mm. It's an auto-runner. Yeah. And we know people love auto-runners,
1: right? Well. It's a I, genre that's been around quite a while. Uh, yeah, I would say it's, mm, well, it's true. It, it does all run automatically, but it's, more, it's almost like more of an auto-scrolling game, I guess, in a way. Like, like, you're forced to move forward. You can't really control Mario's right. movements uh, backwards and forwards. There are some where you can move backwards, and this one is mm-hmm.
0: strictly one-button-tap anywhere on the screen.
1: Which is effectively your jump button, right? And that's your jump button. Mm-hmm.
0: Mario is going to constantly walk forward. You tap the screen. He'll do a jump. If you double tap, he does a uh, jump and like, sort of like a spin move, which yeah. uh, if you hold it down, he sort of uh, levitates a little bit, like it gets a little bit of flight.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, you can also do a wall jump. If you jump against a wall or a pipe, you can jump again and he'll jump a little backwards. So you can sort of cheat the game and move a little backwards, but uh, as soon as you reland, if you move you know when you jump backwards, he starts moving forward again
1: yeah yeah those are almost i would say those are almost like tracks like you're basically like it's almost like you're on a railroad track uh-huh. and you're kind of shifting into the different switches that take you into the like different branches yeah so these are almost like kind of predetermined pathways in a sense I mean you do have some control as you're going along it, but Again, it's almost like a little, like, it's almost like a theme park ride, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I have to say then, before I even, like, this isn't a full review because Mm -hmm. I didn't pay the $10 to buy, you know, to play through the whole game. So this is sort of just like first impression sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm also not the biggest Super Mario Bros. fan. I enjoyed the original games, and other than that, I'm not really a big fan of any of the other ones past the Super Nintendo game. So, you know, take that for what you know you want but you know this is just
1: it's definitely styled after i guess like new super mario brothers on yeah on Wii and wii u and 3ds so it's kind of like that same sort of presentation style
0: definitely has that look to it mm-hmm. um again with the game you are you're you're walking if you if like an, you see that like you see an enemy say goomba or turtle mario won't walk into it he'll he'll like vault himself over he'll sort of like not right. jump but he'll just sort of like vault over the enemy yeah so you can't sort of get hit by an enemy you can but not in that way um if you want to kill the enemy though you do have to like kind of tap and jump on them Mm-hmm. if you uh fall down a, a pit or if you jump into an enemy from like below if they're like an enemy's above you yeah that's right like the only way you can get hit if you have a mushroom and you're big you know he'll shrink just like mario does but uh, if you don't, then you will die. But when you die, uh, it's almost like um, like Yoshi's Island or something. A bubble forms, and the bubble like floats you backwards,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then you pop the bubble and like restart. So you can almost, if you can plan this out right, you can use that to your advantage to go backwards in the level if you miss something. Mm-hmm. But it's a little tricky, and you only have two chances. If you get hit more than twice, so those are essentially your lives. Then the game ends, and you have to start the level over.
1: Okay, I didn't know you had the two. Two try our limit.
0: So that's it. Yeah, just 2 mm-hmm. um, The stages have coins littered all over the, the level. And uh, you'll see arrows at some points as you're walking. And if you touch the arrow, it opens up a stream of, like, coins that you can now go in that path and, and collect if you want. It's sort of like hidden coins, I guess. Yeah. There's also uh, little, like, red icons that once Mario walks up to this icon, he stops. And this is the only part of the point of the game where he doesn't walk. So this is sort of like a checkpoint where now you can decide, do I want to go like, on the upper, do I want to jump here, or do I want to go down? Or you can sort of like, think of what your next move is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess this adds a little bit of strategy to the game. Um, and also, if you need to re- you know, repeat a certain spot, this is a chance to do it. Um, if you're able to like, jump backwards again or something.
1: Yeah, and I guess the reasons you'd want to do that were because it's like, um, if, you do, if you're trying to do the coin challenges, I guess there's parts where yeah. sometimes you want to go to an upper level because there's like a red coin there that you want to get. Mm-hmm. Um, so is it, is it red coins or purple coins? So they're, they're pink coins. Okay. They, they change color. Um,
0: so there's, there's six like purplish coins on the level. Mm-hmm. And if you can collect all six, then the next set of six open up. But they're like i think it's pink and then purple and then maybe like black or something like that Hmm. and then um if you get those six then there's one last set of six coins that that now open up to find so like the initial six purple coins are fairly easy they're usually like out in the open or in a block that you smash or something after you get those then the next one's a little bit trickier they're hidden they might be um, most of the time in a block or some weird jump they have to take to get to and then the final six are even trickier to find. Mm-hmm. I was only able to get the first six and uh, I, I couldn't get the the um, the next set I was always missing like one or two so
1: yeah that was my experience too I didn't i I didn't repeat it enough times to try to get every last one yeah I just kind of played it initially and and saw like okay I got you know I got three out of five or whatever right couldn't get it i couldn't get all of them Uh uh-huh uh
0: a weird thing about this also collecting the regular coins the regular gold coins uh, i was saying if you get hit you know you if you have the mushroom you shrink you also lose your coins like sonic the hedgehog like this is (laughs) taken directly from sonic your rings will pop out you not your rings your coins just pop out of you they'll spill out yeah which is kind of strange i don't know why Mm. that was put into the game Mm-hmm. It seems very un Mario like to have that in there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like uh, it's little, little things like that really make me question like, <laughs> what was going on in the, in the making of this game. So, you know, the idea of this game is to rescue the princess who's in the last stage. The stages are really short. From what I've read from people who beat this game, just doing like not going back and replaying the levels, just one straight playthrough. Maybe two hours at the most. I think that's even, like, maybe exaggerated.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You could probably blast through a level in, like, 30 seconds. You do get a time limit on the level. So even if, like, those, those points where Mario stops and you can choose a path you want to take, you, you really don't have time to think about it too much because, you know, there is the time counters ticking down. Yeah. Um, they also will keep track of the enemies you kill in a level. So if you kill five or six goombas at the end of the level, it'll it'll keep track and say like you killed six out of 200 times, um, not 200 enemies, but um, every time you replay the level, it'll keep like remembering how many you killed. Mm-hmm. And I guess there's a bonus if you kill like 200 goombas overall or something. I'm not really sure. I never get that far yet.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But it does track your stats, I guess, in a way. And uh, like I said, I didn't play, I didn't open up the rest of the level, so I don't know what else is beyond that but i know the fourth stage of every well the fourth section of every stage is the castle Mm -hmm. and you fight a boss right it's either the castle or the airship like from super mario brothers 3 Mm -hmm. that type of thing Mm -hmm. um they do start adding like haunted houses and other different so the stages vary you know it's not just the same uh typical overworld kind of thing Mm -hmm. but I didn't, I didn't look into, so I guess if you want to check that out, you can. So that's the one mode. There's also the other mode, which is the Toad Rally mode.
1: (laughs) I didn't get to try that one. Uh,
0: I, I did play that once. So this is weird. You, you challenge a friend to, uh, you race to the level, basically you, it's, it's more of a, you play through the level and you see a ghost of the person who played the level also. So either your friend or, like, Nintendo's own people who played this game. Mm -hmm. And so not only are you trying to beat them through the level, but you also try to get style points by trying to do, like, tricks as you play. And you have, like, an audience of toad people who, like, cheer you on. And at the end of the level, you get rewarded on how impressed they are at how many moves you did and um, things like that.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And then you win these toads. These toads get, like, sucked into a pipe. And then you have these toads. This is just like a side thing. Um, you get like toad tickets and stuff. <laughs> I'm not really totally sure. Like, other than the fact that, you know, maybe you want to challenge your friends, if you can beat them. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just tried it once just to see what it was. And it was kind of like, it didn't do anything for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's also going back to that overworld kingdom sort of map. You can you can out you can build stuff and add things on with all the coins that you've been finding.
2: Mm-hmm. You
0: can cash them in and buy like a, so I bought like a little house that you can put there. I don't know what it does. I don't know what the point is just yet. But um as you keep playing you can keep buying more things. I'm not really sure. I don't know what the point of this is. Like what's the incentive to make these buildings and stuff.
1: <laughs> but it's um Just gives you goals, I guess.
0: I guess. Yeah. There's also uh, there's a stage where you can send gifts to people mm-hmm. and I don't know what that how that works yet like like what kind of gifts you can send? Um, I don't know if I just didn't look into it enough or how that works, but that's something else. There's also, like I just said, the friend code system thing where you can add your friends. Mm. unfortunately, it's not integrated with game center. For some reason,
1: which is the you know the, the iOS is built in sort of right social gaming thing, which they've sort of de-emphasized lately, but but you still have a friends list, still
0: part of all the games, yeah. Mm-hmm. So initially, like I thought, oh, cool, like all my friends are just going to show up, but no, it's you have to actually have a friend code, that archaic friend code system that Nintendo insists to keep using on everything.
1: Yeah, right. Like rather than you know hit your game center list and then look up people that are already playing this game and sort of
0: like send them a challenge or something you know?
1: give you know give them an invite or give them give you the option to uh-huh. add them into the game and then kind of also link it to their their ID system they could you know you can kind of do it on both ends if they really if they really wanted to but uh-huh. maybe there was some reason they, they didn't want to do that
0: no no you need to and you can't even search for for a friend you have to somehow outside of this game Contact a friend, and ask them, "Hey, you playing this game? Can I have your friend code, sort of right. thing?" And then you have to write it down and then put it in the your device. It's mm-hmm. a weird system. I don't get it, but uh, that's the way they went. That's the direction they went.
1: <laughs> well, actually, even even when the game first launched, when I you know when it, when I first installed it, uh-huh. it gives you the option of of linking it to your Nintendo ID. Yes, you can do that. So I said, "Okay, sure. I've got one of those. Let me let me try doing that." Mm-hmm. And it gives you two options. You can either use your your Nintendo. I, I, f- I forget even what the term is. The Nintendo.com account or the NNID. And I said, all right, well, I guess I guess I'll use my Nintendo account. And I tried logging in with that, and that just wasn't happening. I don't know. I, tr- I don't entered work. <laughs> it entered what I thought I entered what I thought was the right password, and it just kept saying not recognized. Huh. So I'm like, all right, I guess I'll use my NNID instead. And I entered that, and and my password doesn't didn't seem to work on that either so i said all right let me let me do a reset and it you know and i was reminded that it seems like you can't manage this account outside of nintendo hardware like you can't go to the your website you know your your you can't go to like a web portal and reset your password i mean you can but what they do is they give you a temporary password that's only good for a day mm-hmm. but in order to set it permanently it seems you have to do it on a Wii U or a 3DS. Oh, wow. And you can't, <laughs> just, weird. I can't just reset it and have it stick.
0: Strange.
1: So I have to, I guess, power up my Wii U and, and uh, get this settled because <laughs> it's frustrating.
0: That's weird. I, I didn't try the linking part because I never re-signed up for the Nintendo member ID thing.
1: Yeah, well, I figured it's going to be used for all their future stuff because this, okay. this is the system that replaced the Club Nintendo
0: Right, so I, I had the I have the Club of Nintendo thing, mm-hmm. but I never re-subscribed to the new thing. So I don't know if I can use my old account still, or if that shut down. And yeah, I'm not sure. I didn't test it, but so the advantage in this game of of signing in and linking your account is rather than having a generic icon for your character's face for like your player profile, it'll link up and use your me character that you created mm-hmm. from I guess on your Wii or whatever, sure, on your 3ds maybe. So that's that's the advantage there.
1: Mm-hmm. And then you can earn points too, and right. And there's so all the bonuses, on. sure.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what else do I leave out? This is the bonus game house, which is like uh, this is just that's on that overview map of the kingdom map. Mm-hmm. And if you tap on that, every eight hours this regenerates, and it gives you a chance to win another toad ticket or some coins. And this is just like so almost like a pachinko kind of thing where you're you're walking and you have to choose your path. And then eventually, at the end of your the paths that you choose, there's a door. And when you open it, um, it's either like a prize or nothing or, you know. Mm-hmm. And along the way, there might be some coins. But if you take the wrong path, you might get less coins. So, you know, every eight hours you can do this. It's freebies.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, you know, that's kind of the game. I feel like there's not much. Again, I didn't play through the whole, like, actual full game of it. As far as like an auto-runner goes, I feel like it's not terribly exciting to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't find it fun. I don't know. Like, especially the three worlds they give you, not much variety in enemies. It was just Goomba or uh, a Koopa.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, I, don't, I don't find it fun to have to go back and replay the level like 20, 30 times. <laughs> I just didn't find that fun.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, one of the things that annoyed me was to collect those purple coins you if you in order to collect them, you have to get all six on the one on one playthrough. you can't say, well, okay, i on this playthrough, I got like what you know the the first the third and the and the sixth coin, you know, mm-hmm. and now when I go play through it again, I'll try to get like the second you know, I'll try to complete the rest, so it's not cumulative no, you have to go back and now you have to so you have to have a perfect run every single time in order to get all mm. six coins, so I found that really frustrating. Uh, it's definitely been difficult to get around the fact that I can't control Mario the way you usually can. Right. Like, there are times where I just want to, like, move him backwards and I can't.
1: <laughs> um, well, that is, that's part of the genre, though. That's,
0: yeah, I, I can accept that. But, um, you know, it's just like we're so used to playing him a certain way.
2: hmm
0: It's, I don't know, it's just something about it. Just didn't really find him, find the fun. The game is played in portrait mode only which is not great on an iPad. I don't like portrait-style games. Mm-hmm. So I was hoping that like, when you rotate it on landscape, it was just going to sort of reorientate itself, but it doesn't do that. and it, Which is weird, because even in portrait mode on the game, there's some stages where one quarter of the screen is nothing. There's nothing going on. So there's no reason why the game should not have been able to play in landscape mode.
1: Well, yeah, it seems like they definitely had phones in mind when they made it, and not so much tablets. But you can
0: play a phone in landscape, there's no reason.
1: Right, right, but I guess the design decision yeah. was, like, you want to be able to play this with, one-handed. With your thumb,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why they, they kind of block out the bottom of the screen with nothing, because that's where your thumb is going to be tapping, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I get that. Um, there's a really weird intro screen when you first start the game, that asks you for like what language you want to play through.
1: And it's... Or it's what... Like, re- yeah, it also asked me what, like what region.
0: What region and like...
1: Or what country, yeah. It's
0: so bizarre that it's even included in this. Because it looks... It looks like, a, it almost feels like a fake game when you've heard, like a, like a bogus knockoff game. <laughs> like, just that screen alone. Because now you have to scroll all the way down through all these countries, at least for us, yeah, to, right. put, to
1: find the United States. Well, I mean, why wouldn't it just use the locale settings of right. the OS? In.
0: Why doesn't it have, yeah, it makes no sense.
1: <laughs> but I guess you can switch it in-game to be different than what the OS is. So, there's that.
0: Uh, yeah, that's true. There's no MFI controller support, which I know it's like, who cares? It's one button. But, you know, even more reason why they could have included it. You know, it's a simple thing. Mm -hmm. There's no Apple TV support, which, again, blows my mind. Like, why is this not on Apple TV? Especially for Apple's point of view, this could have been the perfect game for them to say, here's our Apple TV. We have Mario Brothers you can play, you know, or a version of it. It uses the Siri remote It's so easy to play You just tap the button You know Mm -hmm. Like why doesn't it have that It's crazy
1: yeah, this I is get a, it. this is a situation it's, where like it doesn't matter where on the screen you're tapping. It's just the, the entire screen is just one giant jump button. Yeah. So ideally, yeah, you could just play with a remote with the it's remote. It's the
0: perfect game for the Apple TV.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I'd even almost argue it's probably a better game for the Apple TV than the iPhone because you have to be connected to Wi-Fi at all times.
1: <laughs> That's right.
0: And when you're on your phone, well, when you're on your iPad, you know most people don't have 3G or 4G on their iPad. So, you know, chances are if you're out of the house, you're not going to be able to play this game. If you're on your phone and you're in the subway, probably not going to work. If mm-hmm. you're in a dead zone, not going to work. Yeah. If you're on a plane, not going to work. So, it's sort of strange that they went in that direction um, with this. The... They, you know, they claim it's to, to fight piracy.
1: But right. I... If it, Are they actually claiming that? Are they publicly saying that? Or is they that said, just you know, supposition?
0: Uh, I thought that's what I read. Maybe, you know, okay. maybe I read it from...
1: Because like, I, I imagine some people might hear that and say, oh, wait, there's piracy. There's a way to play this game without that, paying that's
0: for what, it. <laughs> that is what I said. I I read that and I'm thinking, oh, are there easy ways like to pirate other than jailbreaking devices? Well, I guess Which to me the, is not easy, but...
1: Right. Well, like, in some versions it is. You just go to a website and you click it and that's it. You're done. But you still need a way to get the the the, the apps and stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. you still need to, right? I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, that, that's funny that you said. that. <laughs> and then, you know, finally, it's 24 levels. Mm-hmm. It's kind of short for a Mario game, especially because these levels are,
1: you know, 30 seconds a minute. Right. Well, I think traditional players would say... This is not. This is you know a mobile game. This is not a real right. Mario game. And
0: it seems like they want you to replay the same level
1: mm-hmm.
0: dozens of times. I think
1: that appeals to certain types of players. I think some people like that type mm-hmm. of challenge. They want to. They want to keep playing until they until they master it and they're perfect at it. Uh-huh. And I guess that feeds into certain types of players. So I guess that's for them, right?
0: Okay. Yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. So you know, again, this isn't a review. <laughs> because I don't, I didn't buy the full game, so it's not fair to say, you know, whether it's a great game or not. But um, in the in the the trial run that I played, I wasn't impressed. Mm-hmm. I wasn't impressed enough to buy it. Because I did think about, well, if this game is really good, you know, maybe I will spend the ten dollars. Mm-hmm. But I'm not seeing ten dollars worth of stuff here.
1: Yeah, I'm worried that. And, I... And as
0: far as an auto runner goes, I don't really see like mm-hmm. this being better than some of the auto other auto runners that I've played.
1: Right. I, I'm interested to put more time into the game just to see if I can get good at it. I don't know if I'm. I don't know if it's the type of game that I want to invest in. Uh-huh. So I'd, I guess I'd have to play it a little more to really know. I don't know. I'm worried that I would spend the ten dollars and then just not really bother with mm-hmm. a lot of the challenge, and um, then it wouldn't really be worthwhile for me.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm probably gonna wait. Wait on this one quite a while to see if they do some updates. Mm-hmm. But I hear it's doing well. Is it because I, hear, I their heard their it's reviews yeah. on the App Store are pretty bad but so was I think Pokemon go in the beginning too and you know there's people who just hate mobile games just for the, you know just because mm-hmm. Nintendo released a mobile game they're gonna hate it
1: I think I think Mario has a wider appeal than even Pokemon so
0: yeah I, I think
1: it's done already done better than, you think so? than Pokemon go yeah it's interesting mm-hmm.
0: okay
1: I don't know if I don't know financially but at least yeah. download wise. Number of downloads. So I
0: think it is coming on Android. Yes. Next year, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, they probably have to work out some of the uh, piracy issues also on that end.
1: It's even more wide open than yeah. it is here. Yeah.
0: It's free to try. So I mean, like, if you have an iOS device, like, why not give it a try and see what you think? Yeah. Maybe people like it. I don't know. Mm. All right, well, I, we know one friend at least that we have who seems to be enjoying it. Sure. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> But one of the other things, too, is sort of weird. So, the Switch is coming out next year, right? hmm And it was discovered that the Switch is, we sort of knew this for a while, is going to use basically the same chipset as the Shield. Right. And the NVIDIA Shield. hmm And the NVIDIA Shield basically is an ARM processor, which is the same chips that Apple uses. So, it's the same device that Apple's selling right now, just a different company's making it.
1: Mm-hmm. So, same family, same, same instruction style, yeah.
0: So it's funny that they chose this type of game on mobile when they have their own mobile game, mobile technology coming out next year, right? That's going to use like full games, like why why not release the same on iPhone? I don't know. It's,
1: well, I think it's. I- I guess it's a, it's like, almost like what, an ad for them in a way. I think, I guess that, they could yeah. say, well, let's put a game out that we don't have to convince someone to buy a new device. We can just leverage the devices that everybody already has.
0: I, I guess that's what this is. This is for the mainstream person who says, oh, Mario, you know what? I can go for a good Mario game. Like this is fun, but I can actually go for like a real Mario game. I think I'm going to go buy a Wii U or, or switch or switch yeah. or yes or something like that. Yeah. It's definitely, I guess that's what it's
1: for. I think it it kind of broadens their presence and gives them a footprint and and lets reminds people that hey this is this is a thing that's still out there. Uh huh. Yeah. Why not?
0: Okay. All right. So I guess check it out.
1: <laughs> Who knows? Maybe we'll see um, a, a version of this on the Switch. You never know.
0: That's possible, right? Mm-hmm. Certainly possible.
1: Cool. Yeah. All right. So, how about some pickups?
0: Yeah, how about some? I have none this week.
1: <laughs> well, I have a no few. That's I, why I bring it up. All right, what'd you get? <laughs> all right, well, as part of my Black Friday madness, I still still it, continues. The fallout continues. The, the, the
0: products are trickling in. It was little. a huge
1: explosion. Uh-huh. It was like a it was like a mushroom cloud went up, and then this is the subsequent.
0: I can't effects. believe we found this much stuff. I've
1: <laughs> well
0: I've been scouring the deals, and I haven't.
1: I have I have certain illnesses that requires me to <laughs> b- b- buy into certain things that you more sanely ignore. But among them are my interest in flash cartridges and being able to play games on on original hardware. <laughs> this is a that sounds a, illegal. Um, these are the Funk systems. Okay, so I don't feel <laughs> like this is a terrible thing. But in any case, I did my my annual visit. And I say annual visit because uh, the guys who sell these devices, these EverDrive flash cartridges, namely Stone Age Gamer and Crix.com, the originator of the, des- of the devices, mm-hmm. uh, they do their annual 20% off Black Friday sale. So there's some incentives to, to buy it at this time rather than any other time of the year. And this time around, I went for a pair. Of cartridges, not just one, but two. Two. I was originally. How
0: many do you have already?
1: So I already have, I believe, uh, three of them. I think. Well, why don't just get all of them? Well, or just call it a day. Why wait? Because I try to space it out a little bit. <laughs> I don't want to do it all at once. Okay. Well, so I think I, I think I already have the. Uh, I, so I have the Famicom cart. I have the N64 cart. This year, during Too Many Games, I picked up the Turbo. Graphics hmm. card. So this time I was gonna get perhaps the Mega Drive Genesis card. I was okay. gonna. I was. I was looking at the X7, and the reason mm-hmm. the X7 over the other versions is just because of save states. I feel like that's just an that's kind of indispensable sure. feature. Not
0: many games used it though, but
1: well, no. I mean, oh, it has it, its own. It's you can you can re- oh. save state games while you're playing. Oh, it. oh that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah. to me, that's a killer feature. Yeah,
0: that's really good.
1: Uh, but in the end, I decided. Mm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, with two lower cost options instead. Arcadia. Uh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> Imagine. I think there might be a cartridge out there though. It's probably just a multi card. You don't need a flash yeah. card for that thing. <laughs> but I ended up getting both Game Boy cartridges, meaning the EverDrive GP and the EverDrive GBA. And this is. It's uh, not the same card Cause- well, they're not the same, because they're two different systems.
0: Uh, oh, so the GBA didn't wasn't backwards
1: compatible, right? Well, so the original... Yeah, the original one was backwards compatible, but it's physically different. There's a physical switch that puts the system into Game Boy oh, mode right. versus Game Boy Advance mode. Uh-huh. Um, so the Game Boy Advance cart does have the option to load homebrew emulators that allow you to play Game Boy through emulation, mm-hmm. if you wanted to do it that way. Okay. But... There's hardware available, so why? I don't know. I, I would not really feel the need to do that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but at any rate, it saved some money doing it this way. Um, I picked them up. I picked the Game Boy card up for ninety-one dollars, and the GBA card for ninety-five dollars. I went for the deluxe versions, which comes in this fancy packaging rather than just the bare cart. You could save a few bucks by just buying the bare cartridge if that's all you want. But I kind of like the presentation, and I like the style of the cart, of uh, the little box that it comes in. Mm. So I paid a little extra for that. But basically, with the discount, I got this extra stuff for the cost, the normal cost of just the bear cart. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I also ended up applying a $10 coupon that I had left over from too many games. Because okay. when I bought the Turbo Everdrive there, mm-hmm. uh, I, had, I, I got a little $10 coupon for my next purchase from their shop. So I ended up using it at Stone Age, you know, Stone Age Gamer. Both of these ended up being about $180 with shipping. Which together, not each. Together, okay. together.
0: Right. all right. That's not <laughs> bad, I guess. That's okay. Yeah,
1: and I mean, the the GBA card is their latest cartridge, their latest release. And
0: these are all made in, like, Poland or something like that? Uh,
1: I believe Ukraine uh, is Ukraine. the source of uh, the original hardware. But Stone Age Gamer does a little extra stuff to add some value. Um, okay. Usually you don't get this extra box stuff. Bit, yeah, they give you other options in terms of colors and mm-hmm. label design and so on. Um, and you
0: recommend these over some of the knockoff versions
1: of these, right? Uh, certainly, because you just don't know what you're going to get with mm-hmm. some of these other knockoffs. Like, I are mean, these guaranteed? If, like,
0: say, it just stops working in six months, can you contact them and say, "Hey, you know, this thing"? just does stop working for some reason because these are all like handmade right uh
1: kind of i mean they're they're, they're definitely homebrew products yeah uh, even though they're kind of mass-produced at this point they're still not sanctioned by anyone so wait, mean, isn't
0: it like just soldered in some guy's bedroom or something?
1: <laughs> there there must be some uh factory somewhere that's sourcing these
0: you think so okay
1: i, I guess so mm-hmm. uh yeah there's there's definitely some kind of coverage i don't know exactly what offhand but.
0: how come nintendo is not putting a stop to this
1: i couldn't say i don't know you would so think remember
0: when like the R 2 rds whatever it was called the r4 card r4 yeah, yeah and the mds like when that stuff was big or even like the cyclone chips
1: mm-hmm.
0: nintendo was all over that like they put a stop to those of yeah those things.
1: well those were those were actively used for current generation products okay so i maybe i can't say that they're turning a blind eye but i mean
0: the nes is current generation again <laughs> now that the mini is out
1: that's kind of true but perhaps because you can't get one, mm. <laughs> there's not much pressure.
0: I think I know what I'm going to get you for Christmas from Stone Age Gamer. Oh, boy. It's going to be a t-shirt with the Stone Age Gamer logo on it.
1: Terrific. <laughs> you know how much I love that caveman design. <laughs> Believe me, that was a factor in whether I was going to get this or not. I, was, definitely could put it in, I definitely put it in the negative column, but it didn't stop me completely. Because in the end, I still think they do a quality product. And I like Uh the results of of what they put out. Um, Very nice. Yeah. So that was uh, pretty much what I got. (laughs) All right. So I guess we can get into some feedback that we got recently. All right. I think uh, starting with uh, some comments on episode 108, our last episode.
0: 108. Sure. We have a comment from Greg Easy.
1: Of the Digital Press Podcast. That's right. And The Punch Stevenson Show.
0: That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Both on iTunes. And he said, Clockwork Night and Toy Story. He felt that all started with it all started with the Christmas Toy from Jim Henson. Mm. Christmas Toy being a, a show. I didn't know what it was, actually. Yeah. So I wrote to him and I was like, I had no idea I had to Google it and find out what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. So uh he also wrote back, and he said they made a short run TV series of it in the nineties, but the original was a favorite of his uh the konami uh t g thing referring to uh, we talked about the flashbacks the uh, potential for konami graphics yeah
1: what did, what did what did it mean that Konami was trademarking the TurboGrafx name?
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he referenced that, and he said um, uh, he didn't told me know." What was trademarked if, uh, I don't know what, if it ha- happens, uh, if it matters. Uh, I, w- I would be easy release, though. Konami owns all the Hudson software IPs. I think the second major publisher was Namco, and they love to license.
1: So Namco would be an easy one to get on board if they wanted to get even more games for the system. Yeah. Which they did make plenty of games for, it too. So, yeah.
0: Namco did, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had Pac-Land, I remember. Specifically. Galaga. <laughs> of course. A lot of well, different interests. That wasn't was
1: in the U.S., though. Uh, they put out Galaga Galaga would 90. That's right, that's
0: right, 88. Or 92, whatever they call it.
1: Well, it was 88 in Japan and 90 in 90, the U.S. okay, Because yeah. they released in different years.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg also goes on to say, Well, I assume super, super super graphics games would be included. I'm not sure about Turbo Duo. The space requirements for CD audio could be a bit high. So far, none of the plug-and-play systems have featured CD-DVD-based gaming. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think... Um, Does that come down to, like, the emulators not playing it right, or is there too much
1: Well, basically, memory? you just have a lot of digitized audio, mm-hmm. and... They could store it compressed, and, you know, maybe there is... uh, Technically, I don't see a reason why they couldn't do it. It just comes down to storage and how much cost they want to put into the system. Yeah,
0: I think it's storage.
1: Uh, You know, if they included, um, you know, even 16 gig of internal storage, you could put a number of CD games.
0: They don't even put that much. Exactly. I think you're
1: looking at megs they put in. That's why Mm -hmm. he's saying that none of them have bothered to do any kind of disc-based games because of the space required.
0: But, then again, you can't put... Because this, I mean, the the Mega Drive, whatever the the Genesis plug and play, that has an SD card slot.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Or no, it doesn't, right? The handheld does. The handheld does. But you can't put so,
1: some of the some of the TV based ones do too. Yeah,
0: and they, they don't run the. Um...
1: No, there's no provision to emulate like the CD part yeah. of the system. Uh huh. Or I mean, that has extra hardware in it anyway. But
0: it's its own custom emulator. So I guess there's more to it than it's not so simple. But but he's got a good point.
1: <laughs> That's true. Yeah, this is all this is all just pie in the sky mm-hmm. like wishful thinking
0: yeah what do you think about this Christmas toy show did you ever watch it
1: I, I saw some screenshots I never I wasn't familiar with it uh. so I didn't really have that in mind but um, yeah it looks like uh, it looks like it's a similar type of theme <laughs> are you gonna watch any Christmas shows this time of year uh, I, I don't have any on you don't do that. on my radar mm. um, I don't know I'd all have right. to see what's on what's what's available. Yeah. I know for some people, Die Hard is a tradition.
0: Yeah, apparently.
1: (laughs) Does that count? Uh, I was going to say Nightmare Before Christmas, but then that's been declared as a Halloween movie more than anything. Really? Yeah.
0: That is weird, since isn't he dressed as Santa Claus? Well, there's there's
1: events, but it's because it's kind of spooky, I guess. Okay. uh, Fair enough. We'll see. (laughs) All right. Well, we had additional comments about episode 107. Uh, Earl Grey writes in to say about The Punisher, I've always wanted to check out The Punisher arcade or Genesis game, but both the cartridge and board are currently pretty pricey, even by classic gaming bubble standards. I like to imagine the idea of Nick Fury hanging around the whole time, occasionally giving Frank Castle the stink eye while he watches Frank's more extreme tactics. Mm. That did happen during the game. He was basically finger-wagging the whole time. Uh, yeah, I forget that Earl is a uh, arcade collector as well as everything else I was collector. Not aware of this? That's right. That is an option. Uh, but interesting in that this board is is more inflated compared to some others. Really? I, I was kind of surprised to hear that. Is it because of its rarity or? Don't know. Okay. It's uh, you know it's a it's a Capcom CPS board. I would hmm. think it shouldn't be that difficult. But maybe there are people who are. Maybe it's just um, you know, completionists out there driving the price up. They want to get every last game compatible with the system. Yeah. All right. So he also goes on to say, Regarding physical releases for current-gen games, I've been running into the same issue tracking down copies, mainly with budget titles. There's a lot of already obscure stuff that I can imagine will only get harder to find. While I doubt many will end up being valuable, now is the perfect time to explore odd titles that will probably end up forgotten by the end of the console cycle. Yeah, this is related to some of the weird games that I've been picking up. Things that I wouldn't expect to see on disc, because they're normally just downloadable games. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, like he says, it's not necessarily that they're going to be valuable in the future, necessarily. They'll just be hard to find. You know, there might not be much demand, but there just might might not be much supply, you know? That
0: usually means they'll be valuable. Well, perhaps. Look at any of, like, the last series, like, even the Genesis games, you know, Mm -hmm. that were oddball games that, you know, maybe... only KB toys sold or something. Mm -hmm. Those are all pretty valuable now. Like, maybe not all of them, but a lot of them are, so... Yeah. Typically, that's how it works. Because it's the games that no one bought, you know, and those are the ones that go up in value.
1: That's true. It could happen. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, he also says as an added bonus, it's fun to end up with a shelf of PS4 games that look like it's from some yeah. parallel universe where the offbeat independent rule the day. That is pretty funny. I do like the look of some of these games lined up on the shelf. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, look at this. This is so weird. Because yeah, this- like
0: most, like your friends you go over, it's like you got Call of Duty and Battlefield sure. and Madden. And meanwhile, you go over to your house and you'll see like. Um, uh, I can't even think of some. What is, what is something in Lumo,
1: right? <laughs> right, and uh, you know, Stealth the Inc. Song of the Deep. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah. it's just a co- oddball collection of stuff, and um, yeah, it's it's weird. It's it's almost like the old days of just third party publishers putting out whatever they felt like, and mm-hmm. it's like, wow, look at this stuff. I would never have imagined, but yeah, it, it still happens.
0: It still surprises me. Some days I'll walk into a store. And I'll see some of these games, and I'm like, "Wow, they made a physical copy of this game. Like, why? Why did they do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just these aren't even like big, popular games either. You know, it's not like a Hotline Miami, which is, you know, as far as indie games goes, pretty well regarded as like a, you know, yeah, big seller. But
1: but even that game hasn't been in- no, and that's the not- you can't example get that game. right there exactly. Right, yeah, right. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, and we also had another comment from Mm -hmm. Greg Izzy Uh, he also commented on Punisher and said I tried both Punisher versions and frankly the Genesis version looks better but the controls are hideously bad and the arcade animations look off to me a bit fuzzy Mm. I uh, haven't played the Genesis version haven't had the chance to compare them uh, but it just seemed like uh, the Genesis version was maybe a toned down version of the arcade game so why not just play the original it's kind of my, my thinking in approaching that game but it uh, makes me wonder if uh, maybe I should give it another Maybe we should
0: try it. Hmm.
1: Good point. All right. Excellent. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys, for writing in. Appreciate the feedback and mm-hmm. appreciate your thoughts on the things we talked about. As always, please visit us on Facebook.com slash And uh,
0: Next week, there may not be an episode.
1: That's true. We have Christmas. We have Hanukkah. We have a lot of stuff going on right into new year's too
0: yeah so we'll try to put out another episode in the next two (laughs) weeks but no guarantee we'll see
1: we'll see what we can do but otherwise we'll see you on the other side